If you've got a Bible, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, we're continuing our series uh, in, uh, through the book of Ephesians entitled Conquered by Grace. Uh, if you're new with us, last week we looked at uh, the first part of Ephesians chapter 1, right, which was Paul's uh, letter to the church, the Christians there in Ephesus. And uh, we looked at how uh, we, as followers of Jesus, right, those who've placed our faith and trust in him, man, we are uh, and we have been and currently are blessed beyond uh, measure uh, for knowing him. Right. Uh, man, we've got many uh, blessings in Christ, even though we may not feel like we do, even though life on earth here is a struggle at times and and the struggle uh, can be real. Right. We are still immensely blessed in Christ. Uh, and so this week, right, we're going to look at uh, what it looks like for a church. Right. To be a blessing to those that are around us, but also but ultimately a blessing uh, toward uh, the Lord. Paul here, as we get ready to read, he shares about how uh, impactful the Ephesian church, right, their faith and their love for one another uh, has been. Right. And how thankful he is for them. Right. And how ultimately, man, he uh, is one that's going to look to continue to pray over them, that the Lord would continue to do a great uh, and mighty work in uh, their life. And so uh, with that being said, Ephesians chapter one, starting in verse 15, if you're there, let me know that you're there by saying there. Uh, if you don't have a copy of God's word with you, it's all good. The verse will be on the screen. You see there we're going to read through uh, uh, the end of the chapter. Right. Uh, but this is what the word uh, of the Lord says. Uh, Paul's word to uh, the church at Ephesus. So what it says uh, for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the Lord that the Lord God or that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Why don't we pray one more time together? Lord God, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for this time this morning. God, we ask that you would uh, continue to meet us here. Uh, Lord, show us, Lord, what it looks like to be... uh, a church, Lord, a corporate body that is a blessing to you uh, and to others. God, we thank you for uh, your love for us, Lord. We thank you that as we looked at last week that in you, Lord, uh, we have redemption through your son Jesus' blood on the cross. Lord, we thank you that we are forgiven and free uh, once and for all. Um, God, we're saved. And secure. 
Uh, and so, Lord, I pray as a result of that, I, that we'd look to live lives, Lord, that are honoring uh, to you, look to glorify you, and uh, God, we'll give you the glory for uh, it all. Uh, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Uh, here in the text, we see Paul as really a proud parent or a proud uh, grandparent, if you will. Like I mentioned last week, man, he started this church Right, it's been close to 10 years since he'd been back there, and the progression and growth uh, of the believers there is really, uh, man, encouraged him. Uh, so much so that he mentions in the first part of this passage here that he can't help but to give thanks to God for, right, to all that was going on there. Man, he's, he's you know, it's like going to, you know, grandma's house. I know for me, right, whenever I, I go back home, see, man, siblings and stuff, they, rem- they remember me as little Irving, you know, now I'm all grown up. Like, oh, man, Irving, he's a preacher now. Oh, look at him. You know, we're so thankful. Man, God bless you, you know, all that. So of course, they're throwing in the God bless you because I'm a preacher, you know. They're just throwing, you know, they're talking about all that. Right there, they're thankful, right? They're proud. And we see Paul here express his gratitude and thanksgiving for the church that's there. And, and he shares that by encouraging them, right? That he's going to continue to be praying for them and their work and their ministry. The, the, uh, over, the, the context really of this passage is Paul's prayer, right? Uh, the richness of his prayer for the saints there in Ephesus. But I believe that we can take away, right, some principles and some thoughts on what it looks like to be a church that is a blessing to the Lord and to others. I don't know about you, but 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 I, I want to, to be a church. I want to be a believer, right, that's a blessing, right, to the Lord and to others. Now, I don't want to just be a believer, right, that's just simply coasting through life. I don't want to be just a, you know, a believer that, uh, as the word says, man, I'm going to heaven, but I'm just escaping hell's flames. Man, I got saved and I'm just living however I want to till I get to heaven one day. I don't want to be that believer. I want to be one who is a blessing. And I want for us as a church, right, to, as a corporate body of believers to be a blessing, man, to the Lord and to uh, others. And so the question poses, how? how? How can we be a church that is a Blessing based on what we see here in the text. What, what does it look like for us to be a church uh, that's a blessing? Well, I believe, right, it, it looks like three different uh, things. The, the first way that the church was a blessing, the church there in Ephesus was a blessing, and the way that we as a church can be a blessing is this, right? Uh, is this growing in our faith? The church was a blessing there in Ephesus because, man, they were... Believers who were growing in their faith. Look back at the text, verse 15. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus. Right, Paul mentions first and foremost the faith of the Ephesian church. Man, these folks, you know, they weren't just talking the talk whenever it came to their faith. They were folks that lived it out. Lived it out. Which, by the way, man, was very difficult in that time. Like I mentioned last week. Remember, right, the writing of this letter. Paul's in a Roman prison. Right. The emperor of Rome at the time was a man named Nero who despised Christians so much. So right. Uh, uh, you know, folklore, you know, the uh, you know, news tells us word tells us right that during his time, he despised Christians so much his little courtyard area to keep it lit at night. He would tie up Christians and light them on fire and hang them on lamp uh, on posts there to keep the, the courtyard area lit up. Insane persecution was taking place there. But in the midst of it, hey, the church at Ephesus, man, they were growing and maturing in their faith. They were folks, man, that were walking with God. 
Hey, this whole Christian thing wasn't just something that they did on the first day of the week for them. It was their life. And man, they were walking and growing in him. And in the same way, hey, that, that's the call for us. A, a church that is a blessing is one filled with people who love Jesus Christ and are walking in a growing relationship with him. Man, a church that is a blessing is filled with believers, man, who, who miss him, miss the Lord whenever they miss spending time with him. Right. A, a, a church that's a blessing is full of believers, man, who who yearn, man, to want to wanna be in the presence of God. More than just one hour a week on the first day of the week, but yearn to be in his presence, man, every single day. Like a deer pants for streams of water, as Psalm 42 says. Right. We see here, right, a church that is a blessing is a church that's growing and maturing in their faith. Hey, can that be said of you and of me? You say, Pastor Irv, what's a mark of that? Hey, are, are you spending time with God? Are you spending time, man, in, in personal prayer? Personal devotion, time in his word. Are you intaking his word? Man, are you pausing right to hear from him, hear from spirit of God and following his direction? And a church that is a blessing, right, is filled with believers, man, who are growing and maturing in their faith. And may that be said of us. Man, the church at Ephesus was growing in, in their faith. That's what made them a blessing. But second, let's keep moving here, right? A, a church that is a blessing not only is one that's growing in their faith, but one, hey, that loves the fellowship. Go back to the text. Make sure you, I'm not making it up, Brother Chris. It's right here. Look what it says. It says, hey, for this reason, because I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. Man, I can't, I cannot help but to give thanks. I don't, you know, cease from giving thanks for you remembering you in my prayers, man. Hey, this church at Ephesus was a blessing to Paul, man, and a blessing to the Lord because they were folks that loved one another. I know you hear that and say, oh, yeah, I've, I've, I learned that in Sunday school, man. Hey, you know, we ought to love each other, right, as Christ loved us. Yep, that, yes, that's true. True, but you got to understand, again, the context here, man. This was a big deal. God was at work in the midst here. Remember, like I talked about last week, there were two different types of Believers that were a part of this church at Ephesus. There were Jewish Christians, right? Uh, folks that grew up in Judaism and, and, and you know, turned, surrendered to Jesus Christ, saved, right? Jews by ethnicity. And then you had Gentile Christians, non-Jewish folks. And now if you know any, anything about the history, right, of, uh, you know, the world back at that time, those folks didn't like each other. The Jewish people looked down on the Gentile Christians. Let, let me bring it to you this way, just in, in my context here. Man, it, it was like a Dallas Cowboys fan, which I am, loving a Philadelphia Eagles fan. It just doesn't, it just, it, it's very hard. It, it's got to be a God thing. I, you know, we've got some Philly fans that come, you know, I, I make sure to add them in my prayers, you know, everywhere. But, uh, of course, there I hear this more, that's why I say that. But, but, but it's similar to that, you know, in the same way, man, these two different ethnicity, man, they hated each other. But hey, they came to faith in Christ. They understood, and we'll look at it here in the weeks ahead, that they were one in Him. So the Word says, and man, hey, they weren't able, weren't only just able to tolerate each other, but but they loved one another. They did life together. God was at work there, and man, that that encouraged Paul. And in the same way, church, like we've talked about before, man, look across the room, folks from all over. 
Heavy military contacts got people from everywhere here. Man, the call for us isn't just to tolerate one another, man, but it's to love each other. Love each other. Say, Pastor Irv, how do we do that, man? What, what, what does that look like? I, I believe it's you know, two, two different ways we do that. I, I believe the Ephesian church, they understood this, right? Two different ways. Number one, right, in order to love the fellowship, you, you've got to be a part of it. Now, again, context here is speaking, right? It's, it's, it's you know, the believers here. It's talking about Christians. Uh, yes, you've got to be a part of the fellowship, i.e. be saved, be a part of the big C church, the ecclesia. I, I'm meaning that, but but also what I'm meaning is, hey, you've got to be connected. Meaning this, you, you, it's hard to love, right? Those that are around you, if you only see them, man, you know, once every other week, one for an hour a week. You, you, you've got to look, man, to, to be involved in, and connected, man, in, in the fellowship. The, the, the best way you can. You say, Pastor, how do we do that? Man, that that's why we've got what we call family groups that meet. You know, uh, we've got a group that meets every day of the week, right? But, that, but that's where your faith becomes your family. That's how you get connected, man, with, with fellow believers in a smaller context where you're able to do life together, stay connected, right? That's one way, man, serving the body, right? Getting connected and serving, right? Whether it be serving on our hospitality team or serving in kids ministry or serving with tech team. I guarantee you, right, they're, they're, it's, it's service, right? They might not necessarily be doing a Bible study each and every week together, but, hey, there, there's community that's being built there. Guarantee you that when you serve alongside each other. But but you've got to look to get connected. you got to look to get connected. Just like it is in, hey, in a marriage or in a relationship with, hey, with your kids. Man, hey, it's going to be a struggle loving them if you're not spending time with them. And so, hey, in order to... Love the fellowship. You've got to be connected to the fellowship first. But secondly, hey, in order to love the fellowship, right, we've got to learn how to be believers that see the grace of God working in the lives of those that are around us. We've got to learn to be folks that see the grace of God. I get that from uh, uh, commentary, Tony Marita's commentary on the book of Ephesians, right? Learning how to put on, right, grace-colored glasses as compared to the other glasses that we easily put on. So easy to put on as uh, Christians, right, to uh, the, uh, the, the glasses of uh, self-righteousness or the glasses of pessimism. Let me give you an example, right? To church tender, you, you attend church often. Great and good. Awesome. You see somebody that hadn't been to church in a long time, right? You, hey, you got those uh, 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 self-righteous glasses on. Oh, man, I hadn't seen that person. Man, they must got something going on. It's been a while since they've been here. Ooh, I make sure to pray for them. Or, hey, you know, you, you see you see somebody, you know, coming in, right? Uh, they walk in. Oh, man, hey, that, that person got a Dallas Cowboys jersey. Oh, man, he. Man, th- does he know that they hadn't been relevant in like 50 years? <laughs> hey, what's wrong with him? We definitely need to pray for him today or her today. Hey, those those glasses of man. Hey, self righteous. Con- hey, condescension. Man, what the Lord calls for us to do as His followers is, man. Hey, see, man, the grace of God at work in their life, as it is working in your life. That person that hadn't been to church in a long time. Hey, it's the grace of God that brought them here. And, hey, God has, is working in their life and, and wants to do something there. Hey, that person that might be dressing a little different than, than you, you may be dressing. Hey, 
bless God, man. Because, man, even though we got differences of thought, differences of opinion, in Christ we're one. So I can fellowship with them. I can talk to them, have a conversation with them. Do life with them. We've got to learn how to recognize the grace of God at work in the lives of those that are around us. Be careful not to, man, uh, uh, fall victim to thinking that it's totally all right to live as a lone ranger, totally all right to live in isolation as a follower of Christ. I know the, you know, the, there's a thought of that, especially, you know, military families that move in and out, man, you're, you know, transition here and there, a lot of movement. Be careful, right, not to fall victim to thinking that it's totally all right. Hey, just living with me and mine. Hey, it's in those moments of loneliness and isolation where the enemy loves to wreak havoc. He does. I'm just being honest with you. And so, hey, man, get connected into fellowship. Man, love the fellowship. Man, and, hey, and let the Lord, right, use, man, your connection to the fellowship, man, to grow you in uh, him. Man, a church that is a blessing is one who loves the saints. And we got to love one another. Love one another. Uh, John 13, 35, I love what Jesus said man, in regards to this. It says this, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you what? Have love for one another. All right. Not only a blessing to the Lord, but also a blessing to those that are around us, man. About to love the fellowship. And then thirdly and lastly, right, and we'll camp out here for just a second, right? Hey, what, what does it look like to be a church that's a blessing? Not just, man, hey, growing in our faith, not just loving the fellowship. But thirdly, lastly, man, it's us choosing to focus on prayer. Hey, a church that is a blessing is a church, man, that focuses on prayer. Paul here, the rest of this passage, like I mentioned earlier, right? He speaks on how he is praying for the church at Ephesus. He, he speaks to, right, the importance of, man, praying for them. And it wasn't just prayers for health, wealth, and prosperity. It wasn't just prayers, right, for, for their protection. Man, it, it was specific prayers geared, right, towards their walk with the Lord. Geared towards their relationship with God. And in the same way, church, we ought to be folks, man, that focus on uh, prayer. I don't know if you know this to be true or not, but, but here's the reality. Prayer is the most important ministry that we can do to one another. I believe I'll say that one more time. I was only a few amens. Let me say one more time. Hey, prayer is the most important ministry that we can do for one another, man. It is. It is. And Paul understood that. Which, by the way, it was the only ministry Paul could do to the saints in Ephesus. Remember, he's locked up. He couldn't preach another sermon to them. Right, he, he couldn't share another word of encouragement face to face with them. Yeah, he's writing this letter, but 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 prayer was the only ministry he could do in that moment. But he understood it was the most important one. And as children of God, if we want to be a church that's a blessing, hey, listen, we've got to be a church man that focuses on praying for one another. Paul here, again, context, Paul's praying for the church at Ephesus, right? Again, the church at Ephesus is the one that's a blessing to Paul uh, and, and to the Lord. But but we see, right, the principle here, the value, right, of being folks that understand that prayer is the work. It's the most important ministry. And choosing, right, to pray, man, over one another. Man, that the Lord would do a work in and through our 
lives. And the ministry of prayer is so important. James 5, 16 through 18, look what it says. It says this, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Elijah was a dude just like us. He wasn't superhuman. He was a dude just like us. Who, And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. Man, the power of prayer. God moves when we choose to pray, man. Prayer is the word. So we ought to be folks that choose to pray. Real quick, I want to highlight, right, and I want us to notice how Paul specifically prayed uh, for these saints in Ephesus and how we ought to be praying for one another based on what we see here in the text. Uh, and firstly, notice this, right, that Paul, first and foremost, man, he prays that the Lord would reveal himself to the saints. Verse 17 speaks to uh, that, man, that uh, the, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. What Paul is doing here, man, and he's he's praying, right, that the Lord would reveal more of who he is to the church there in Ephesus. That they would come to an understanding, right, of more of an understanding of who God truly is. They wouldn't just have, the, you know, the same, right, elementary thought of him. But, but, man, as they walk with him and commune with him, man, that they would grow in their understanding of him. Here's what he was praying, right? John 3.30, what John the Baptist said. Man, he was praying that, man, that they would see more of the Lord and less of and less of themselves at the end of the day. More of God and less of them. Man, we ought to be praying that over our own lives. We're praying that over the lives of those that are around us. Man, we ought to pray that the Lord would reveal more of who he is to. Uh, secondly, right, we see that, man, Paul, he... Prays that the Lord would help them to recall all that they had in him. Verse 18 speaks to that. Having the eyes of our heart enlightened. Man, you remember that old song, man, open the eyes of my heart. I'm not going to sing it, but y'all remember? Open the eyes of my heart, man, good old song of the faith. Man, he prays that, man, the eyes of their hearts would be enlightened, that they'd be able to see, right, to spiritually, that they would, may know what is the hope to which they had been called and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Man, he, he's praying that the Lord, man, would help them to recall, right, all that they had in him. Right, we need to be reminded, right, and this is where prayer comes in. We need to be reminded, right, of the hope that we have in the Lord. We need to be reminded, right, of First Peter chapter 1, verse 3, that, that we as believers have been born into a living hope. In the midst of all that's going on in and around us, the midst of this, this world and where we're going, election coming up, right, economy being crazy. We need to be reminded of the hope that we have in Christ. We need to pray, man, that over, man, the fellow saints in the Lord, but also we need to be reminded of the riches that we have in him as well. You may say, Pastor, what, what, what are the what, what does he mean here by riches? What's he talking about here when he says riches? Well, based on what you see in uh, the text earlier, we looked at it last week, right? The riches here, man, speaks to God's grace in our life. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 speaks to that, right? That, uh, uh, you know, we, we have redemption through his, through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. 
Right, speaking to, uh, man, this grace that we've been given in abundance. Hey, we need to be reminded and we need to recall, man, daily of the grace that, man, we have in the Lord, man. This grace that is, hey, plenty for today, right, and plenty more for tomorrow. Hey, this grace that saved us, right, uh, liberated us, freed us. For this grace that, man, sustains us and enables us to continue doing whatever we're doing. Con- hey, continues to encourage us, right, to, to be, hey, to be the parents that God's called for us to be. Continues to encourage us, man, to work hard at, at our job, man, even though, man, it, it's a struggle at times. Man, we need to recall, man, this great grace that we've experienced in Him. We have been given abundant grace. We have enough grace for today and plenty more for tomorrow. Man, we ought to be praying that as a church, man, we would recall, man, the grace that's been given to us. And walk it out. Thirdly, right, Paul prays, right, that the Lord would remind the saints of his power. Verses 19 through 21 speaks to that, right? Uh, We see uh, what we call Christology here, theology of Christ. Right, uh, this, these two verses speak to, right, uh, the, uh, you know, some of the most powerful verses that speak to, man, who this Jesus, uh, is. 19 through 21. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand. In the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And we ought to be praying that the saints would be reminded, right, of his power at work. Right, this power, right, that, 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 that Christ had in rising from the dead. Power talked about it in 1 Corinthians 15, 55 through 57, right, that speaks to, man, hey, says this, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, hell. Man, where is your sting? Uh, I, th- I think actually it's reversed. Oh, death, where's your sting? Oh, hell, where's your victory? But you know what I'm saying. Hey, th- this power, right, that, that speaks to that, how that, that death has been defeated. Man, and, and in Christ, man, hey, we can walk in freedom. In Christ, man, hey, there's victory over death, hell, and the grave. Man, we ought to be reminded of that power. Right, and also be reminded, hey, that there's power in his name is what Paul mentions. We need to be reminded of that. Brother Rod, here lately, I, I, I'm a big docu, uh, documentary series fan, and I've stumbled upon a new docu-series um, that speaks to some of the um, uh, most famous cults in the world. Um, and uh, it speaks to the cult leaders uh, of the time, and I think I was recommended it. Um, and uh, it's on a famili- very familiar streaming service that I won't name, but you know probably what it is. But, um, you know, found it there. And uh, and the last episode speaks to, uh, you know, perhaps one of the most, if not the most infamous uh, cult leaders who uh, his, you know, church is still going. Uh, a guy by the name of uh, Sun Myung Moon uh, from Korea. Uh, he started what is known as the Unitarian Church, right? Uh, but he but it's a cult, essentially. Right. It talks about his rise to power and leadership and all that stuff. But but what was uh, interesting is, man, in watching it. Right. Uh, his rise to power, it, it, it came from him basically declaring, right, that he was a deity, you know, that that he was, uh, you know, a, a God, if you will. He was the Messiah of the people. 
And he talked about how, you know, he had all power, that God had set him. He was going to be the one, right, to lead people in the right way, you know, in the right direction. He had all this power, so on and so forth. But then it talks about how he died in 2012, right? He died at an old age, but he died at 92 years old. His kids are still running, you know, things and and whatnot. But then it got me thinking, Brother Nick. Yeah, you know, this dude, right, the Samuel, he, he... promotes and talks about how he's got all this power, but in reality, there there isn't any power in his name. Uh, But there is power in the name of Jesus. Hello. Hey, some of the other uh, people that were talking about in that documentary, from from Jim Jones, right, to, uh, you know, some of the other cult leaders, I'm going to butcher their names if I say them, right, that were leading and reigning there, even though they talked about and promoted having power, there's no power in their name, but there is power in the name of Jesus. All the other religions in the world, right, from uh, uh, from Islam uh, to uh, to Buddhism, right, and their leaders, Muhammad and, and Buddha uh, and Hinduism and, and, and you know, Confucius, right, folks that have claimed to be Jesus Christ themselves, uh, Haile Selassie, the king of Ethiopia, all those guys, man, there's no power in their names, but there is power in the name of Jesus. And for us as followers of Christ, hey, listen, we've got to be reminded Right, and we need to be praying that the saints are reminded of the fact that there is power in his name. He's got the name that's above every name. Right, in the name of Jesus, man, hey, folks can be set free. In the name of Jesus, right, folks can be healed. In the name of Jesus, man, hey, folks, man, can, can be liberated and restored. Man, there's power in his name. And as followers of Christ, hey, we need to be praying that the saints would be reminded of that. I'm glad I serve, man. Hey, the one who has the name that's above every name. And if you're saved in here, hey, you serve and follow him too. And so, man, we ought to be folks that choose to walk in that reality, man. We've got to be, we ought to be praying that the church is reminded of his uh, name. And then uh, reminded of his power, I should say. And then fourthly and lastly, right, we see Paul here, right, how he prayed and how we ought to pray. Man, he prays, man, that the Lord would remind the saints of his position. Not only remind them of his power, but remind them of his position. Verses 22 and 23 speak to that. says this, and he, talking about Lord God, right, he put all things under his feet, talking about the Lord Christ, and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body in the fullness of of him who feels all in all. Man, we ought to be praying that we're reminded of, man, the Lord's position. Hey, we all need to be reminded of this, right? That, hey, at the end of the day, Jesus is the leader of the church. I believe I'll say that one more time. Hey, Jesus, it says here that he's the head of the church. He's the leader. I'm, I'm just an under-shepherd. Jesus is my boss. He's Pastor Greg's boss, right? He, hey, he's, he's the, uh, the uh, you know, the staff's boss at the end of the day he's the head of the church and we need to be praying right that us as god's people are reminded of that that he's the leader of the church and so by the way thankfully we don't have a ton of this but hey it helps us to remember that jesus is the boss right it helps us to you know to understand that hey it's not about our preferences when it comes to church stuff it's not about man what we want or what we're used to. At the end of the day, man, it's about, hey, lifting up Jesus and following him at the end of the day. We ought to be reminded, man, of, right, his position as the head of the church, but also, man, be reminded, right, of, man, his position above all. It says that, hey, the Lord has placed everything 
and under his feet. We serve the one right who is above it all. I've heard it said like this before. Hey, what is over our head as followers of Christ is under his feet. Hey, what is over our head? Hey, struggles of life. Hey, the trials of life. Trying to figure out what's next, the the, the unknowns of life. Hey, what's over our head that we can't, hey, figure out, understand, or get through, man, is, is under his feet. And so the response for us, man, ought to be, hey, just to choose to run to him, to give it all to him. And as a church, hey, we need to be reminded of that. And how are we reminded, man? It's when us, when we choose to pray, that we're reminded of that together. Man, what is over our head is under his feet at the end of the day. Philippians 2, 9 through 11, right, speaks to Christ. It says this, therefore God has highly exalted him. And bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Yeah, one day, man, all are going to bow uh, to him. Right? You're going to bow to him either as, uh, you know, your Lord and Savior or, you know, your judge. Um, but... Put that verse there, right, to remind us that, man, he, he's got the name that's above every name. And we need to remember, man, his position and pray that the fellow saints remember his position as well. And a church that's a blessing is one that focuses on prayer, focuses on prayer. So the question is, as we close today, where are you in this Hey, where is your faith? Are you walking with God? Is your relationship with God, man, is it where it needs to be? If not, man, the good news is, hey, it it, it can be. I'm thankful that we serve a God, man, hey, that we can confess our sins to Him. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm thankful, hey, that, that if we've been off, Man, the track for a while and the proverbial race, hey, we can get back on. He's just a call away. Man, if that's you, man, choose to get back on. Hey, second question, are you connected to a local body? Are you connected here at the church? Man, if not, maybe you've been coming for a while. If not, hey, you can get connected. You've got plenty of ways to get connected. I'd love to talk to you about ways you can get connected. Would it be family group or serving? Great way to get connected, man, is coming to our potluck. Man, we got that potluck after our 11:15 service, and so you can come be a part of that. Even if you didn't sign up, man, you you can just bring something and come back. If you come empty-handed, man, we may judge. I'm just kidding. We wouldn't judge you. You come, come as you are. Come, 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 hang out. Uh, but it's a great opportunity to connect and fellowship. And so, are you connected in fellowship? Connected to the local body? And then thirdly and lastly, are you, man, praying? For the local church, man, what's your prayer life looking like? Hey, if the Lord were to answer all your prayers tomorrow, would any of those answers impact the local church body here? Or other believers that are here? If he were to answer all your prayers tomorrow. And may we choose to be folks that pray for one another.